Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now. Do what you do when you do, how you do when you do it, because you do it so well. God, my assignment, I have one assignment today, and that is to get us to choose healing. That is to get us to choose healing. That is to get us to choose healing. So God, our confession is that this is a month of healing and acceleration for us. I pray that as this message is heard, as this message is watched, for those in this building and those online, even if they're watching it months or years down the road, I pray that your healing power would be present. That your healing power would be present. That your healing power would be present. And the Bible says there was a time once a year where the angel would come and stir the water. And whoever got into that water would be healed. God, in the realm of the spirit, we stir that water today. Come on, number 15. We stir that water today in the name of Jesus. What does the water represent? The spirit. So we go up in the spirit, knowing that our healing is going to start in the spirit. And we declare our next 12 are our best 12. Our next 12 are our best 12. And we choose healing. Come on. Somebody shout, I choose healing. Shout it again. I choose healing. Let's go to work at 1115. So we're in this new series called Group Therapy to look at how we've lived, then learn, then live better. The truth is, whenever you are going to heal, it's going to require introspection. You're going to have to look inside and you're going to have to see where you were right. Watch me and where you were wrong. Can we tell the truth? A lot of your wounds you help to create. Okay, it's quiet right there. A lot of your wounds you help to create. What do you mean by that, Bishop? Because when you begin to look back over your life, there are certain things, watch me, where you knew what to expect from certain people, yet you chose to expect something different than what they demonstrated they were able to produce. 
Oh, my God. Can we be honest that if we look back over our lives, it's not always everybody else. Often it's how we handled what happened to us. Can we be honest? Everybody's going to be hurt. Everybody's going to be betrayed. Everybody's going to go through issues. Everybody's going to go through challenges. What makes the difference is how we handle those challenges. And I need you to know you ain't sitting next to somebody that's just going to stay stuck. You are sitting next to somebody that says, it may have happened to me, but I'm getting ready to use it to grow. I'm about to use it to become better. I'm going to use it to become stronger. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that if you knew their story, you would say, I can't believe you have gone through that. Why? They don't look like what they've been through, but what they've been through is making them better. Open your mouth, please, and say, I choose to heal. Say, because my future needs me that way. Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. Ecclesiastes, ecclesia is the root word, and that means to the called out ones or to the church. So Ecclesiastes is really a book that is written to God's people. And look what he says to God's people. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. Grief is your natural response to loss, your natural response to going through a circumstance or a situation that feels like something that you had is gone. What's amazing about grief is you can begin to even grieve over things that are good that they're gone, but because it's gone, you're still grieving. I'll say it again. There are things where it is good that those things are gone, but you can still grieve that those things are gone. And I need some of you to hear me. Your grieving has come to its end because this is going to be the last month you're grieving over everything from your past. I'm going to stir this water with or without your help. This is going to be the last month that you are grieving over things from your past. I need you to open your mouth and say, my future needs me healed. He says, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. If you ever see somebody that's wise, and what is wisdom? Wisdom is different than smart. So you can be smart, which means that you have a book knowledge. But wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. See, you can be smart and not be wise. Did you hear what I just said? Whenever you meet somebody that's wise, especially people who are wise beyond their years, meaning they have wisdom on things that they've not necessarily been through, it is because they've had a lot of sorrow. And for some of you, I need you to know when you prayed for wisdom, the price was grief. Mm. Whenever you prayed that God would give you wisdom about situation and wisdom about people and wisdom about things, the price for that wisdom is grief. But here's what's good about the grief is that, watch me, it happened to me, but baby, it didn't block me. It, it happened to me, but I chose to get better and not to get bitter. Look at the last part of the verse. He says, uh, to increase knowledge only increases sorrow. So he's saying, listen, the more that I learn, there is a price attached to that. Everybody watch me. There is a price to success. There is a price to do well. There is a price to be a curse breaker. There is a price to break every piece of bondage that's ever been in your bloodline. There is a price not to be in debt. There's a price to be the black sheep in your family. There's a price to be the one that rises up to do what nobody else has done in your bloodline. And I need you to know you've already paid and now it's payback time. I'm going to preach my own self happy. You've already paid for it through your grief, but I need you to give God praise for three seconds. That is payback time. Go. Three. Come on. Story with me, y'all. Two. One. Somebody say it's payback time. It's you didn't cry those tears for nothing. You didn't go through that pain for nothing. You wouldn't deal with depression for nothing. You didn't deal with rejection for nothing. You didn't deal with abandonment for nothing. 
So on Wednesday, here's what I introduce you to. This is our series, What is Group Therapy? It is treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder in a group. Here's the power of doing it together is everybody's in the same process, so I don't have to feel like, uh, I don't have to feel less than, I don't have to feel like I'm weak because all of us are dealing with the same treatment at the same time. Just wink at somebody next to you and say, I'm healing and you're healing. Come on. Come on, online, just do the little winky modes. If you don't know how to do it, I don't know how to do it either. Just type wink. So watch this. It, it is treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder in a group. Now watch this. Isaiah 60, 69, New Century Version says, in the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. Take this out. God says the reason your pain can only go so far is because I control the amount I control the pressure. God says, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. What does that mean? Every ounce of pain you've ever gone through, God saw it and watch me. He allowed it because he knew you could handle it. I need you to stop saying, why me? And instead say, thank you that you trusted me with so much. He looked at Job and said, Job, now you're about to go through some pure D hell. But Job, I can trust you to deal with that. Can I tell you, you were not being picked on, baby. You were being picked. Can I just get you to give God glory that he can trust you with trouble? That he can trust you with pain? Now notice, you said, Bishop, what do you mean he can trust me with pain? Why, why do I have to go through pain? Because nothing new is ever born absent pain. Mm. Nothing new is ever born absent pain. Nothing new is ever born absent pain. You can't even have a baby without pain. Nothing new is ever born absent pain. So he says, in the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something, what? New. Everybody holler new. New to be born. Check this out. Now, the whole process of new and born evolved, involved disorder. Got it? Remember, group therapy is treatment designed to heal or relieve a disorder in a group. So what do you mean new, new and born involve disorder? Well, because think about it. When you get a new place, if you get a new place and you move into a new place, when you go into that new place, you are going to deal with disorder. What does that mean? Things are not where you are used to them being. And have you ever noticed that most of us, when we move into something new, the first thing we try to do is turn it into something we're familiar with. We try to turn it into something old. You hang up your clothes in the same way you had them up in the old closet. Now realizing this is not the same. You, you, you do your kitchen the same way you had your old kitchen. Now realizing this is not that. And for some of you, I need you to hear me, 2021 will not be a repeat of 2020. And here's what's amazing. You did great in 2020, but God's about to blow your mind in 2020. I just need the faith in this room to stir, please. Can I just get you to say, and my next 12 will be my best 12. See, it's similar, but it's not the same. See, both your new place and your old place have kitchens, but this kitchen is better than the last kitchen. That's why you went through the trouble to get something new and not stay where you were, because where you were, you had outgrown. Mm. Watch me. He says, in the same way, I will not allow there to cause pain without allowing something new to be born. So the whole idea of new involves things in different places. They're not in the same order that they were before. And then notice born. Born by its very nature signifies something has to be painful. Any ladies in here had children? Any ladies in here had children? How many of you, your, your pregnancy process involves some pain? Okay, any lady with your pregnancy process did not involve pain. I don't see no hands in here. Online, where you at? Facebook? Are there any unicorns on Facebook? Where you didn't have any pain in your process. Every lady just said that their process involved pain. The scripture says, 
if I allow pain, I'm trying to do something new, but it's going to be painful. You're not going to walk the same. You're not going to eat the same. You're not going to be drawn to the same. There are certain things you won't be able to do, watch me, predicated upon how far you are in your pregnancy. See, for some of you, you felt restricted. That's because you're about due. Shut your mouth. I'm going to preach my own self happy in here. For some of you were like, I just feel like every time I try to move forward, something boxes me in. That's because when you're about ready to give birth, baby, you can't go everywhere. You can't be around everybody. You can't hang out with everybody. I need you to open your mouth and say, and my next 12. They'll be my best 12. Check, check this out. In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new. Holla new to be born. Now that means it's a process. You do not conceive a baby on Sunday and pop it out on Monday. There is a process. Just like the butterfly, there's a process. I've taught in the butterfly. There's four stages in the evolutionary process of a butterfly. Stage one, it's as small as a sesame seed on a sesame seed bump. Stage two, it grows to 100 times its size. That's the caterpillar. Stage three, it, it's in this cocoon or this chrysalis. In fact, if you look on the stage, there's a painting. It'll make more sense in a moment. That's what it looks like. It's in a chrysalis, and I'll explain that to you in a minute. And then stage four, it turns into a butterfly. It looks nothing like its previous stage in its new stage. I need you to stop comparing your new to your old. It ain't supposed to be the same. Uh-uh. I need you to stop. There's some stuff that you used to get upset about. You don't get upset anymore. And watch me. There's some people that get mad that you don't get mad about that anymore. And you just need to let them know I'm not the same me that I was back then. Baby, I have evolved. I have grown. I am new. I am better. I am stronger. So look, what happens is that this disorder, because he's doing something new in you. And for many of you, I need you to get used to there always being this tension. Can I be honest with you? Can I have a transparent moment with you? Maybe I'll tell you some of my business, you'll get with me. <laughs> you know, when you start telling your business, people pay attention. <laughs> they don't say nothing to you until you start telling your business. Elder, I said, God, I said, like, when is there going to be a moment well, in this process, I can just have a moment. Like, I don't even need a whole day. Can you give me a quarter of a day? I don't even need a half a day. Can I get a few hours? Where there is not all of this tension. And watch me, watch me, y'all ready? where there's not all of this extra stuff. And you know his response? I know you're thinking, oh, he's my son. I am that, that I am. You're going to be all right. Tell me what he said. Say, what did he say, Bishop? He said, that's never coming. You need to learn how to deal with it. He said, that's never happening. He said, listen, son, as I do more for you and more through you, it's only going to become heavier, so I need you to learn how to carry it. Can I get everybody in this building and online to lift your hands and just say, Lord, I got it, 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 I what, what do you mean by that, Bishop? Let me be very specific. Because there's sometimes where we are looking for moments where, like, okay, God, can, can there just be pain-free? Like, God, if I get all this together, 
See, some of you are scared to fix this because you know this might mess up. Who am I talking to? You're scared to deal with this because this might mess up. You're scared to deal with this because this might mess up. And God says, listen, I just need you to learn that in your life, I'm always going to be doing something new. And because I'm always going to be doing something new, you have to get used to there being areas where there is disorder. After you just put something in order over here, you're going to have to go deal with disorder over here. Once you get order over here, you're going to have to bring order over here. Once this person act right with you, then this person ain't. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. H have you ever had a moment in life where you just think your whole circle is solid? It's too quiet in here. And then all of a sudden, you look up one day, and one of the people that you thought was just like the most solid of your solid, you're like, what did you drink yesterday? Because you've been drinking. Right? Look at this. So this disorder creates disruption. Disruption is a wound. So new means things are not in their normal order. So there's disorder. Everybody shout disorder. disorder. That disorder means there's going to be disruption. Disruption means there's a wound there. And a wound is painful. A wound is painful. Say wounds are painful. That means it's an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience, which means my senses do not see this as pleasant, which is why the scripture says walk by faith, not by sight. Sight really means senses, because if I'm walking by my senses, I am going to watch me. I will abort when I am supposed to attack. I will retreat when I am supposed to advance because my senses will always talk me out of it because I'll walk according to my pain instead of my purpose. Can we all be honest? There are things that we have done in moments of pain that if we could do it differently, we would have done it differently. You know the saying, if I had known then what I knew now, can I be honest with you? You probably would have did the same thing because you were not walking according to knowledge and wisdom in the word. You were walking according to your pain. And all you wanted in that moment was some relief to your pain. But I'm so glad that you got stronger because of that. I'm so glad that you got built a, a, a more wisdom because of that. I'm so glad that you did not let that be your ending. So look, the disruption is a wound. The wound equals pain and pain is unpleasant. Like nobody likes being wounded. Nobody likes being hurt. Uh, and then not only is it an unpleasant sensory, it's also an unpleasant emotional experience. What does this mean? When I think about it, it's unpleasant to think about. So this is why most people, here it is, most people live with painkillers. Do not confuse the painkiller with being healed. Because just because you took something to mask the pain don't mean you've dealt with the pain. And this is going to be the last year that you ever take a painkiller to deal with your pain. You're about to heal from your pain. I need you to make this declaration. Say no more painkillers. Yeah, you use drinking. You use drugs. You use gossip. You use sex. You use depression. You use food to deal with your pain. But you're finally about to turn at your pain and say, I'm ready to take you down. Baby, I'm ready to heal from you. Open your mouth and say, and my next 12 will be my best 12. It's unpleasant emotionally and unpleasant as it relates to senses. It's unpleasant. And most of the times we learn to deal with this through painkillers. So because I'm not feeling any of the symptoms right now, I think that I'm good right now. Until then four hours wear off. And when those four hours of your painkiller wear off, you then wake up to the fact that what I thought was good is not good. I just felt good for a minute. But I'm going to tell you, you're about to feel good for a lifetime. 
The Bible says his favor is for a lifetime, which means the enemy messed around letting you live to get to this month. Why? Because you're about to heal with the stuff he tried to kill you with. And many of us are going to be like Joseph. What you meant for evil, God has turned that for my good. Pain can do these things. Pain can paralyze you. So where did the pain come? From the womb. Where did the wound come from? The disruption. Where did the disruption come from? The disorder. Where did the disorder come from? God doing something new. Which means I need you not to even be mad at who wounded you. Because could it have been that they were just pawns on a chessboard that God was using to get you in the right place? Just using to get you in the right position? I, I need you to realize they didn't even have control like they thought they did. God was sitting on the table making a move and then he'd get on the other side and make another move because God says, I have brought you too far to leave you now. I need you not to be mad. I need you not to be upset. I need you not. Matter of fact, can you just holler thank you? Say God use you to get the glory out of my life. Let's go up. God, thank you for every womb. You use it to get the glory. Somebody holler yes, Lord. This is why you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Because while you fight with them, they ain't nothing but a pawn. While you changing your life around trying to fool with them, God says they're nothing but a pawn. I am playing chess with myself and I'm getting you exactly in the position I want to get you to. Don't even be mad at them. You're not wrestling with them. That's why you don't fight the devil. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. You're not dealing with the devil. He ain't even been able to touch you. Come on. He ain't even messing with you, boo. This is me playing chess with myself. I knew you wouldn't have changed unless you got hurt. I knew you wouldn't have said yes unless you got hurt. I knew you wouldn't have given me glory unless you got hurt. You wouldn't even be in church today unless I used a pawn to play you to get you to me. Let's go. Here we go. Come on, y'all. We're going to go up. Come on, y'all. If you don't go, I'm going. Lots. Pain can paralyze you. What does it mean? You stop doing what worked. You get paralyzed. You get stuck. There are many Christians that think because they're breathing, they're living. There's two different things. Jesus says, I am coming that you might have life, not breath. I am coming that you might have. Talk. Talk, y'all. Not just breathe. There are a lot of Christians that breathe. And I got up today. That's good. But what you going to do with today? I got up today. That's nice. But what you going to do with today? Because, watch me, here's what happens. When you get in pain, you will become paralyzed and stuck where you are. Can I give you a very natural analogy that'll make it clear? That'll make it clear. Um, there are certain things that if there's acute trauma, the ambulance has to get to the person and they will say, we have to do this here. Because they are too fragile to take them to the place they need treatment. So that means we're going to have to do this here, which means we're stuck. We don't move forward. And God has come that you might have life and life more abundantly, not just breathe. Because you can be a dead man walking. How do you know that, Bishop? You paralyze at the place of your deepest wound. And every time you look back on that wound, you can begin to think to yourself, see? See? This is what I don't trust. See? This is what I do. Anytime you look back in a place and say, see, this is why I don't. It is indicated to you there may be an area where there is some pain that needs to be healed. Are y'all still with me? I, I will not be paralyzed. 
Uh uh, say it like you mean it. Say, I will not be paralyzed. Say it with some authority. Say, I will not be paralyzed. That means you stop doing what works. There's a lot of Christians where it works, you do it, you see results, and then you get wounded, and then you stop doing what you saw work. And then you're like, oh, I don't know why things are going crazy, because you got paralyzed. Where your pain was, here's the next thing pain could do. Pain can produce poisonous pathologies. You will start to think abnormally. You will think in a way that when you think back about how you were thinking, it don't make no sense that you thought that way. You ever look back on how you thought and you're like, that's crazy. Like some of your conspiracy theories about people. See, I know what happened. See, because what happened, see, Darlene was, was talking to Shirley because I saw him at church in the vestibule. They winked at one another. And then I know what happened. And then, and then, I, I said, I already know. And then they slipped a note to Bishop to say something about me. Can I tell you, I'm amazed by the people who think that this is about them. You told Bishop something. Ain't nobody got to tell me nothing. I got the Holy Ghost. I, I don't need no note slipped to me. I got the Holy Ghost. When you, when you got pain, you, you have poisonous pathologies. Like, it's abnormal thinking. Like, you think abnormally. It doesn't even make sense. Even when you think back on how you thought, you're like, that's crazy. We've all done it. Here's the next thing that it can do. It can produce or it can prong others. This means you become passive aggressive. When you're in pain, you become passive aggressive. So you will send messages to people that are really attempts to get attention. Well, I guess I'll just die. Cause I didn't run you to the store. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? You don't get up the same way you did today. You become passive aggressive. You will begin to deal with people in a way to where you are not direct about anything. You're indirect about everything. There's no having a conversation with you because we're not having a conversation about the issue. You are literally having a conversation with a past painful experience. So I'm talking to you in your now, but we ain't talking about now. We're talking about something that happened, but because you won't talk about what happened, even in now, we're still talking about what happened, even though you won't directly deal with what happened. For many of you, listen to me, married couples, most of your arguments are not about what happened. They're about what you never talked about that happened a long time ago. That finally it is boiled to the surface. But I need you, please, to make this declaration and say, but my future needs me healed. So watch me. It can prong others, so you become passive-aggressive. Whenever you see passive-aggressive people, you know that they are dealing with pain. They're dealing with pain. It's just as simple. What's passive-aggressive? is that you cloak something. It's like putting a knife behind a silk shirt. They show it with silk, but behind that silk is a knife. And really embedded in their statement, it, huh, well, I guess you're just going to live your little life, huh? Passive aggressive. Because I am. But what you're saying is, is you wanted to be a part of it, but you wouldn't speak up. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Catch it? All right. So look, here's the next thing. Pain can ruin your perception. So you don't see things as they are. You see them through your pain. So everything that's said, you hear it through rejection. Everything that's said, you hear it through abandonment. Everything that's said, you hear it through people trying to do you wrong. You won't have clarifying conversations with people. Your perception rules the day. 
Your perception rules the day. Does anybody have colored glasses over here? Give me some sunglasses. Grab my sunglasses. Grab me some sunglasses. Grab some, go this way. This is the fast way. You must be in pain because that's, that's the quickest way. He's trying to run around the whole building. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, now watch. Say perception. Yes. Here's the truth. It's so important that when you're interacting with people that you are aware of where they are at. Because you will think y'all are looking at the same thing the same way. And then not realize they are looking at it through some lenses that have jaded what it is that they see. So you see it as simple as one, two, three, and they see it as a zebra, a dog, and a pig. You will think it's as simple, as simple. Let's see, let me show you something. 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 So say pain can ruin my perception. So we're having a conversation. Now listen, you ever seen somebody wearing sunglasses in somewhere where they did not need to wear? Because they so cool, they got to put them on in the mall. It's, it's dark outside. And here's the thing, and here's the thing. I can still see you, but I see you with, watch me, I see you from a different perception. So I'm looking over here, and watch me, and I can see you but now there's a filter that makes me see what's light as dark. And so I'm looking at y'all thinking, ooh, we, somebody need to turn the lights up. I'll think something's wrong with y'all when it's really something wrong with my perception. Y'all gonna catch it. A lot of you keep saying it's people, it's them, it's them, or maybe it's this pain glasses you got on. Because you can't even see what, what really is. Because pain is ruining your perception. So you're constantly, here it is, you are a criticizer of people who build things you could never dream of doing. Oh, you're critical about everything they do. They need to do this. 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 But you couldn't do it. Because you, you're, you're a major critic. And you're critiquing everything. Nothing's good enough for you. You're never satisfied. You're never satisfied with anything. Because when your perception is like this, you will say, y'all need to turn these lights up. It is too dark in here. And then you'll walk into other people's lives looking through your lenses. Trying to tell them that this is what they need to do. And this is what they need. And see, if I was in charge, I'd do it like this. You're not in charge because you can't wear glasses and be in charge. Y'all ain't gonna sit down. You can't wear sunglasses and run the show. But you wouldn't even know what to fix because you're sitting here trying to, look, can you imagine a mechanic under your car with some sunglasses on? At some point, you'd be like, is he going to take those off because they're not protective? Here it is. Here's the thing. You keep the glasses on because here's the next thing. Pain can produce pride. You keep on what you don't need to keep you from getting hurt. You keep your pride to protect against pain so you harden up. So everything becomes transactional with you. Everything becomes transactional. It's a transaction. Because my pride says, if I put me into this, you might hurt me. But if this is about a transaction, I'm good. If this is about a check, cut the check. If this is about you do for me, I do for you, good. But everything is a transaction.
nothing is beyond transactional. Why? Because you've hardened up to try to protect yourself against future pain. There are friendships you're in right now that are transactional. Stop paying for lunch. See what happens. It's quiet. It's just 1115. Stop, stop doing all. Stop, just stop it just one time. And see what happens. All of a sudden. You, what happens? Because pride. Here's what pride does. Pride says you're not going to hurt me again. There are some people today who just, you know, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Their interactions with people are totally based on transactions. And so you call them dogs. And you may call them something else. <laughs> and you'll say, all they do is just jump from relationship to relationship. Can I tell you what that really is? That's somebody that's in pain. There's so much pain that's present. It, 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 listen, I don't want to engage or connect with anybody. So you will lay with them with no intent to connect with them. Because you're protecting yourself. 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 And pain can reduce pride. All right, I want to check the room real quick. How many in the building and online, you've seen pain paralyzing? You've seen pain produce poisonous pathologies when you thought like some wild and crazy stuff. Well, you've pronged other people. You've been passive aggressive. Come on, let's be honest. Some of y'all ain't raising your hands. You're being passive aggressive right now. <laughs> All right. How many of you, you've, pain has ruined your perception sometimes. You've, you've not seen stuff the right way. All right. And it can produce pride. And you harden up now. It's transactions. I don't do people. I'm done with people. If it ain't who live in my house, I don't fool with them. You barely fool with who live in your house. I am. So here's the deal, guys. Here's what we learned. What did we learn on Wednesday? We learned that our faith is fueled by what? Love. So our faith is only as strong as our love. So what does this mean? I have to stay out of hurt, stay out of injury, stay out of a pain, stay out of offense. Notice, I didn't say stay out of wounds because I can't control those. You ever got wounded, like walked into something? Like I walked into my wall. <laughs> well, it's a little bit more to the story than that, but just to keep it simple. Like I'm just walking, doing something, and then my knee just, I mean, it, I was like, how did your knee just hit this thing? Listen, listen, listen. At the end of the day, I, 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 there are certain things we cannot do. As it relates to stopping the wound. What I can do is stay out of being hurt because of the wound. What I can do is stay out of the injury because of the wound. And stay out of the pain because of the wound. See, I can't, you can't stop somebody from betraying you. Like, stop thinking, well, help me if I would have took them to go see that show, they wouldn't have betrayed me. They were going to do it after the show. People going to do what they're going to do. Right? Notice, Jesus never tried to change Judas because he knew Judas' nature couldn't be changed. Not once does Jesus confront Judas. He says, I'm just going to let you do what you're going to do, and I need you to hurry up and do it quickly because you are who you are. And watch me, and I'm good with that. Watch me. And if I keep trying to fight to change you, I'm going to be hurt that you won't change. If I keep trying to fight to make you love me and make you do right by me, I'm going to be hurt that you won't change. So instead, I just need to accept the fact, Judas, that you ain't about nothing. Your daddy wasn't about nothing. You're 
I just need to accept that. Would you holler, accept it already? Because you'll keep getting mad that people won't change. Just accept it. So, but, but why do I need to accept it? Because I have to stay out of hurt. I have to stay out of injury and stay out of pain. Because if I stay in those, I can't love at the same time. You're not going to be able to love people and you're offended with people. That's why anytime you experience people problems, you need to say, wait a minute, I'm about to use my faith. Wait a minute, there must be a major breakthrough right around the corner for me. Because whenever people start tripping with you, you need to say, uh-oh, uh, something amazing is about to happen for me. Whenever people start giving you hell, you need to say, wait a minute, something amazing is about to happen for me. Why? My faith is fueled by love, which means if my love has been attacked, what was attacked? My faith. You didn't hear what I just said. If my faith is fueled by love, if my love gets attacked, what was attacked? My faith. And the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Galatians 5 and 6. For in Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, there's neither a, a circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. What does that mean? That means being in the Hebrew culture, circumcision was a sign of your covenant with the Lord. So he was saying this outward thing doesn't really matter if these inward things aren't right. Because show is not as important as substance. We live in a culture that says show is more important than substance. As long as I look it, then that's better than actually being it. You ain't finna look healed, you gonna be healed. Uh-uh, I'm coming for your role. You ain't just gonna look the part, you gonna be the part. People gonna look at you and say, what in the world has happened in you? You ain't running behind the same mess, dealing with the same trauma? Baby, I don't just look the part, somebody say, I am the part. So look, so look, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availed anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love, or worketh by love, old King James. What does worketh mean? To energize. So my faith energizes my love. Which means I don't have the energy to love, I don't have the energy to, to use my faith to take any steps of faith, to believe God for anything, to pray about anything, if my love has been depleted. Got it? So here's the deal. It's like, one, I told him at the 915, like, you can, you can say you're going to the gym, but not have the energy for the gym. Any witnesses in the building? Thank you for the full honest people in this room. Now, listen, there's been, listen, you, you, you can talk to us, you, you got your gym clothes on. You got your gym shoes on. You got your sweatband on. You know, you got your little water bottle prep. You ready to go. And then you're like, whew. Let me sit down for a minute. I don't. Here's what happens. Is that you don't have the energy to do something that you know you need to do. And this is what happens. When your love is attacked, what does that mean? People wound you. That wound turns into disorder. That disorder is a disruption. That disruption is the wound. The wound is pain. Pain is an unpleasant experience. When that begins to happen, then all of a sudden you don't have the energy for faith. So then, then it becomes difficult to pray because you're in pain. So here's what you'll do. You won't say nothing. L let me come down your road. You'll ride down the car with nothing going on. You'll ride down the street in silence. Who am I talking to? Because you're like, I just... And I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I know I should go up in tongues right here, but even my tongues ain't got no energy. Who am I talking to in here? All right? So, so check this out. It means to energize, to bring from one stage to the next. So my love is what takes my faith from one stage to the next, where we go from level to level, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Well, when my love gets attacked, 
guess what? It's trying to stop me from getting to the next level of life. Because if I get you offended, I got your faith. And for some of you, you need to finally wake up to the enemy. Listen, he used the same, I remember going up, he used the same old bag of tricks. And you need to stop letting him make you a trick with his tricks. I'm just saying. Like, you already know. Somebody's going to do something. Like, I'm already on, look, look, I'm already on look at, like, who's going to be? Because somebody's going to do something, and I have to make a choice not to let that stop me and not to let that drain me. I need you to open your mouth and say, I make a choice. I Here's the next thing, an electrical current energizing a wire, which means that it literally is making two things connect. My love is what makes my faith connect. Let me see if I can say it another way. So if this is love, say love is right here. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it even better. Lo this, 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 this mic, you see the mic, this is what you see. So the mic is where you headed, all right? Your love is what's not seen. And this cord between the two is called an XLR card cord. It not only gives you the sound, but it powers the microphone at the same time. Which means, in other words, what I've been speaking, that's what I'm going to begin to hear, and that's what's going to begin to manifest for me. Things will begin to connect for me. But check this out. But if you disconnect my love, all of a sudden, all you got is a mic. And for some of you, you've been, hey, my next 12 will be my best 12. Can't nobody hear you? I know that my next 12 will be my best 12. We can't hear you. You know why? Because you let people keep you in pain. You let people keep you offended. You let people keep you in stuff. But I just need you to make this declaration. Say, but I declare that my next 12 will really be my next 12. So then that way when you begin to speak, all of a sudden people are going to hear you. I, that way when you begin to speak life over your life, you're going to You got it? It connects things. Say it connects things. That's what your love does for your faith. It connects things for you. So then test this out. I need you to please listen to this. Your wounds are after more than your love. They're after your faith to ruin your future. Because if I can take your love, I got your faith. And if I got your faith, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to be saved but sad. Sorry and dusty robe, but you, okay, you are the interruption to that dysfunction. Let me tell you who you are. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Right? Right? Say, my future needs me healed. Because you literally will never get to your future absent healing. I'm going to say it again, because y'all said amen. That's good. Y'all got a church cadence down. I said something. That's right. Mm. That's good, but I need you to make sure you heard what I said. That's why I'm talking a little slow during this message. You don't know how, how difficult it is to talk this slow. I like to talk fast. All right, check this out. You will not get to your future if you do not get healed. Why? Because you need your faith to create your future. So if my faith doesn't work because my love doesn't work, there is no future. What does that mean, Bishop? Then where you're at today is what you'll see 12 months from now. But you. See, see, 
See, see where your faith went? See, see how it went? I'm going to try it again. But you. I'm going to try it a third time, 1115, in this building and online. Somebody say, but I'm the exception because my future needs me healed. All right, so look, so look, so look. One of the biggest lies about healing, because I know what some of us think. One of the biggest lies about healing is this lie we're about to deal with today. It's a total lie. You ready? Time heals everything. That's a lie. How you know? It happened to you 20 years ago, and you still cry about it. You're still mad about it. You're still upset about it. When you think about it, you go into, watch me, you don't go into just crying. You go into that ugly cry. Who could be honest that they know they got an ugly, I got an ugly cry. That ugly cry where like your face, like it just. <laughs> stuff start moving, you can't control. It's an ugly cry. Your lips start popping out. I mean, it's just an ugly cry. We all have an ugly cry because of the ugly stuff we've had to deal with. So, so look at this. So look at this. One of the things that we are told is time heals everything. That's not true. Here's this other saying. Time heals. Oh, that's a lie. And the lie detector determined, uh, test determined. That's a lie. It's a lie. How do you know that? Bitch? Just because it's over doesn't mean you're over it. Like there's stuff that has been over since like 16. It is 2021. And you still think about it. And you say, well, well, Bishop, I, 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 it's because the Lord will allow it to be thrown in your face just to show you what still needs to be healed. Because out of sight, out of mind, but it doesn't mean out of you. Come on. Out of sight may be out of mind, but it does not mean that it's out of you. So, so let's look. What you do in time can heal anything or hold back everything. Hebrews 10.38 says this, but the righteous will live by what? Faith. Look at this. And if he holds back, my soul has no pleasure in him. This is God speaking. So God says, I'm not mad. I, I'm not mad about the stuff he think I'm mad about. I'm not mad about the stuff she thinks I'm mad about. What I'm mad about is how she handled them wounds. What I'm mad about is how he handled them wounds. I'm not mad about the stuff they think I'm upset about. I'm upset about the fact that they started holding back, which is holding them back. Look at the screen. But the righteous will live by what? Faith. So take this out. So can we go deep here? So if the righteous live by faith and my faith is fueled by love, when you attack my love, you want to destroy my life. Because this is how we live. This is how we move. This is how we do life. So what happens? You begin to hold back after you've been hurt. You hold back on your commitment. It's quiet in the church. You hold back on your participation. You hold back on doing what it is that you could do, but you just don't do because you don't want to be hurt again. Like, let me speak to every leader. Your life is a life that will be lived dealing with perpetual pressure. It's just life. So are you going to not lead the new? 
because of the wounds of the old? Or were the wounds of the old supposed to make you appreciate the new? So God says, my soul, my soul, your soul is mine. Mortal Kombat. I, my soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. God says, I don't get any emotional pleasure from people who hold back. My thoughts. I don't even think about people who hold back. This is what God says. I, I, I ain't even think about you. I ain't even think about you. Because I'm not mad about what you think I'm mad about. I'm not mad that you use the painkiller for a moment. What I'm mad about is that you don't even want to be healed. You've settled for the painkiller. What I'm mad about is that you think I'm supposed to tolerate you holding back. You were born for the time you were needed most, which is now. And every time you hold back, you are depriving the world of what I sent you to give it. That's a word right there. You are depriving the world of what I sent you to give it. Because you holding back. Because you scared of being hurt. Because you scared of failure. Because you scared of losing something. So you hold back. How many of us can be honest? Let's just have a moment. That because of past hurts, we know there's stuff that we've held back in. Let's be honest. We've held back. We've held back. We all have. You Okay, you ready for this? I'm going to get in your business. You wanted to bless somebody. You had it all in your mind how you were going to do it. And then you thought about how you did something like this for somebody else in the past. And so you're like, now, nah, second thought, mm -mm, God is faithful. Any witnesses in there? Right? Right? So look, holding back holds you back. What's the number one thing that after we've been hurt, we hold back? You ready? From making the choice to heal. Because healing is a choice. Say healing is a choice. It's not going to happen because of time. It's not. It's not going to happen because that happened in your 20s and now you're in your 30s. It's not going to happen because that was in your 40s and now you're in your 50s. It's not going to happen just because of time. It's not going to just go away. It's not. It's not. And if you don't treat it right, listen, it's going to leave scars. That's a whole other word. Next Sunday. Listen. Say healing is a choice. Job 22, 28. We're almost done. You will succeed in whatever you what? Choose to do. And light will shine on the road ahead of you. I want to show you. We have one of our awesome digital harvesters and digital game tumors that, uh, to paint these pictures. And uh, I want you to see this time lapse. Now, you're going to watch it, say, two minutes. But it took over two days to do it. And I want to show you something that what you do in time is more important than just time passing. Because time doesn't heal anything. But I need you to say, what I do in my time can heal anything and everything. And I'm not holding back anything. Watch this. When I feel like I'm fading My progress erasing Don't seem to reach my heart I, When I want everything right You just seem out of sight I, 
Somebody say, say, it took two days. Now check this out. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. So this is showing the evolution of a butterfly. I have one assignment in today's message, and that's to get you to make a choice. This represents stage three. Say stage three. Now, there's words on here like trauma, dumb, fat, rejected, ouch, nothing, pain, abuse, suicide, anxiety. All of this went into the cocoon. And when the butterflies in that process, it literally has a choice. That either I let what I'm dealing with kill me or build me. That I either stay hurt from this or I heal from this. And I just need, before I put up the next picture, I just need to know that everybody in this building and everybody online, your choice is that you're going to heal. Open your mouth and say, I choose to heal. I cho Can you put a praise in this atmosphere that that's your choice? Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Come on, Periscope. I choose. I, yes, I was wounded, but I choose. Yes, I was hurt, but I choose. Yes, I was dumb dirty, but I choose. Somebody holler, I choose. So look, here's the next one. So look, so look, so look, so look, so look. Here's what I love about this. The same stuff, trauma, suicide, abuse, rejected. The same stuff that went in as a wound became what made the wings. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna say it one more time because I don't understand why y'all looking at me like that. The same stuff that went in as a wound because healing is something you choose to do. That's what I'm flying from. In other words, my wounds became my wings. And the thing that you meant for evil, somebody said, and God's going to use it for his glory. So, so check this out. Check this out. I need you to check this out. I need you to check this out. So it says here, heal from trauma. 
suicide attempt survivor. Rejected no longer, loved and accepted by the Lord. Watch me, learn to love even though I was abused. Say, I choose. Say it again, I choose. I want to introduce you to this guy real quick in John chapter 5. Look on the screen. Because this is my only assignment with today's message. On Wednesday, my assignment was to teach you what group therapy was. My assignment today is to get you to make a choice. Because can I be honest with you? Healing sounds amazing. But can I be honest with you? Do not miss church on Wednesday. Why, Bishop? Because I'm going to teach you that healing actually hurts. But it's a different type of pain. And I prophesy the pain you deal with in the month of March. It will not be the pain of new wounds. It will not be the pain of new hurt. It will not be the pain of new injury. It will be the pain of healing. It will be the pain of healing. What does that mean? I'm going to go stronger from it. I'm going to go wiser from it. I'm going to go better from it. Somebody say, I choose to heal. So look at John chapter 5. Look at this guy. The Bible says, in these lay a great multitude of sick people. Somebody say, a lot of people had issues. That's why we're doing group therapy. So that way you don't have to feel like it's just you. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. What's these referring to? There were these five porches that were there. Five is the biblical number of grace. Yet it was filled with people who were a disgrace. Listen, not because they were wounded, but because of how they handled their wounds. I'm going to say that again. Let me back that thing up. It wasn't a disgrace because they were wounded. It's a disgrace because they handled their wounds. You ready? By finding other wounded people to then justify why none of us are making progress. This why you have this why I've been praying for your circle a lot lately. Because if your circle is a bunch of wounded people, if you try to break free and get healed, they're gonna try to talk you down. You think you all that, you think you better than that. No, I just refuse to stay sitting in a place of grace and look like a disgrace. I choose to heal. So look, the Bible says there were a multitude of sick people. Say they were infected. That means they had something that was contagious, and this wasn't a Ronald Asley contagious. It was contagious. Then blind, that means they couldn't see. Be careful taking directions from people who can't see because the directions they will give you will get you right back to where you are. There are some people you will see in your future that they've been where they're going. That's where they hit it. I'll say it again. They've been where they're going. That's where they hit it. Never take directions to get somewhere. Do you not know? I want to preach now. We're about to go all the way up. All right? Do you not know that Moses, Moses literally had to go to the place where he was getting ready to take the children of Israel to? So he goes and spends 40 years in the place that when he goes back to Egypt to get them, he knows where to take them to because nobody else knew where the promised land was. Nobody else knew how to get there. So God says, Moses, I'm going to send you ahead to get the directions so you can come back and direct them. For many of you, you're about to be the Moses in your bloodline. Well, you're about to go find out where freedom is. You're about to find out where healing is. So you can walk back to your bloodline and say, hey, y'all, come on over. It's right over here. But everybody sitting around those five porches, the Bible says that they were blind. They couldn't see. They didn't know where they were going. Don't take directions from people who can't see. 
You cannot take, here's the thing, people say, I just like want to just give my criticism, my constructive criticism. You can't give constructive criticism if you don't know how to construct anything. How are you trying to tell me how to build and you ain't built nothing? It's quiet in the church. Lame, that means they couldn't move forward. Literally, it means they could not move forward. You ever felt like you've been in a place in life, you're like, I just, I'm stuck. And, and listen, I get excited about set it off. I get excited about my next wealth. And then I go back. Let's take a nap. Let me go to sleep. Because I just can't seem to move forward. Remember, what does pain do? Paralyze you. So now, not only are they sick, not only are they blind, not only are they lame, they're paralyzed. What does this mean? They're powerless and ineffective. I discovered that you have to be careful because that powerless and ineffective is a very interesting one because it's very attractive. Because people like that will act as if they have power, yet they're extremely ineffective. They will try to tell you, it don't, man, you don't need all that. You don't need all that. Here it is. Let's do it the world's way. I say I believe in God, but let me exclude God from my healing. It's quiet. My overflow talking. I say I believe in the Lord, but I'm going to excuse the God of healing from my process of healing. As if to say these are only fairy tales, not real stories. And I need you to know you sit next to somebody where you can't use that on them. Why? They've already been through enough in their walk with the Lord to know that he is God. I just need to check this room. Where are the people in this building that can say, I know, but see, I'm the shadow of a doubt that there is no God like my God. And I found out for myself that he is God. Somebody say, he is God. Look, look, waiting for the moving of the water. So here's what happened. There was an angel that come down once a year, stir the water around the Hebrew feast. Stay right in this verse, in the Hebrew feast. Now take this out. They were waiting. Somebody say waiting. They were waiting for somebody else to do for them what they could do for themselves. They were waiting on it. Here's my question. Why didn't they pray for it to just move? Like, here's the deal. You live by an unwritten set of rules. I'll say it again. You live by an unwritten set of rules. Because here's the deal. you got precedent. And precedent said, well, it seems like the only time somebody gets healed is when the angel comes and stirs the water. So here's the rule you create. I can't get healed unless somebody else stirs this water. What are the unwritten rules you live by? I got to get mine because they're going to get theirs. You know what? <laughs> you know it's hard out here for, for you. Know, listen. What's your un unwritten set of rules? Because we all have them. They, they said to themselves, well, we're going to be sick, lame, paralyzed, blind. Until somebody else comes and moves this water. Nobody prayed for it. 
Here's another question. Well, if all the angel did was stir the water up, stir it up yourself. This is why I was trying to get you a few moments ago. I'm going to give you another chance because many of y'all's water did not move. <laughs> Your water just sat there. Why didn't they try to stir the water themselves? I'm just, I'm just waiting on God to do something. Can I be honest with you? He doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't. He, he, he died for you. He paid the price for you. Like, he doesn't owe you this. This is for you. So, question, why didn't they pray? Me? I would have prayed. And I would have prayed until that water started moving. And if the water did move while I'm praying, I would have went over and started splashing the water myself. I would say, well, the water moving now. Because what does the water represent? You're going to get it in a minute, and we're going to do it. The spirit. In the scripture, water represents the spirit. So check this out. What does that mean? There was a moving of the water. There was a moving of the spirit, which means, check this out. While they were waiting on God, at any moment, they could have engaged God and got the water to move themselves. So I'm about to give you an opportunity, 1115, in this building and online. I need you not to wait for the angel to come stir the water. I need you to stir this water yourself. On three, I need you to release a praise in this building and online that stirs this water. One, I need you to do it. Do it for yourself. Do it for your children. Do it for your future. Do it for your, come on, one, two, three, go, go, go. Hallelujah. 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 God, move by your spirit. God, we choose healing. Come on, 1115. Somebody say, I choose healing. Shout it like you mean it. I choose healing. So look, so look, so look. Verse 4. Verse 4. I ain't waiting nobody to stir nothing for me. There's going to be some days you're going to have to stir your own water. You're going to be driving down the street. You're going to need to pull over. Leave it right there. You're going to need to pull over and say, look, let me stir it myself. There's going to be some days where you're dealing with pressure that makes you want to give up. And you're going to have to walk in your office and close the door and stir your own water. Somebody say, I can stir the water myself. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he so nobody prayed for it. Nobody started themselves. Everybody just said, we got to wait on somebody. So look at verse 5. Let me kill this time heals all wounds thing. And time heals everything. I used to believe that too. It sounds cute. Let's be honest. Like, it sounds cool. Time heals everything. Hands up emoji. It doesn't. How do you know? Look at the screen. Now, there was a certain man. He doesn't name him because it could be any of us. There was a certain man who had an infirmity. Infirmity doesn't mean, notice the Bible didn't say, go, go to the previous verse. Whatever disease he had, thank you. He was healed of what? Whatever what? Come on, y'all talking to me of whatever what? Go to the next verse. So look, now a certain man was there. He had a disease? No. No. No, he didn't have a disease. He had an infirmity. Infirmity in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it means he's created a mental handicap based on a physical situation. Notice he didn't have a disease. 
He just told himself something was wrong with him. You're not listening to me. 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 It was over, but he wasn't over it. So it became a handicap to him. For 38, for 38 years, he kept saying, I can't trust. For 38 years, he said, I can't believe. For 38 years again, I can't serve. For 38 years, he kept saying what he couldn't do because he created a handicap in himself. For 38 years, he kept saying, I can't get out of this. For 38 years, he kept saying, it ain't going to get better for me. For 38 years, he kept saying, I'm stuck. Because for him, it wasn't the disease that was his problem. He didn't have a disease anymore. He wasn't, he wasn't still in it anymore. But it was still in him. I need you to please get that revelation. His issue wasn't the wound. His issue was he had handicapped himself because of the wound. There's stuff today you're saying you can't do. Why? 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 Why is it so hard, okay? Why is it so hard? Look at the man. A certain man was there in that infirmity 38 years. That means he's had time spent breathing, but he was not living because he was not healed. Jesus came for us to have life, not just breathe. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there. Say he was lying there. And I love, I love the inference. I love the Bible. Because it, it could have said, when Jesus saw him there. You ready for this 1115? This is for you. This is for you. You ready? I'm just getting you ready so when you go eat lunch, you're good. You ready? Look at the screen. When Jesus saw him lying. Come on, catch it. Catch it. Dual meaning here. Dual meaning here. He wasn't just laying there. He was lying there. In other words, everything he had told himself about why he couldn't move forward for 38 years was a lie. And I came to tell somebody up this 11:15, the devil is a lie and his mammy is too. Open up your mouth and say, I won't lie there anymore. Say it again, I won't lie there anymore. Lying, just lying there. Where is he lying? The pool of Bethesda. It means a place of grace and disgrace simultaneously. A place of grace and disgrace simultaneously. Say grace, grace. and disgrace simultaneously. Watch me. And he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, check this out. How did Jesus know he had been there for a long time? Well, one, he's omniscient. He knows all things. Omniscient, all knowledge. He knows all things. But here's the second thing. You can tell when somebody's been stuck for a long time. Because death has a look. Death has a smell. You ever met somebody and they look the same way today than they did 15, 20, 30 years ago? Jesus looks at him and says, hey, I already know you've been here for a long time. So look what Jesus says to him. He doesn't ask his name. Because watch me, for years people were concerned about who he was instead of what he was doing. <laughs> Go catch it in a second. He said, before I make your name great, I need to heal you. We don't need to know your name until they see you heal. That way you'll be able to tell your story on the other side. And for some of you, you're about to have a story to tell, but you're going to tell it from the other. They're never going to know what you dealt with. They're never going to know about your suicidal death. They're not going to have known about it. Somebody say, I'm on my way to the other side. Here it is, look. He says he knew the man had been there for a long time. How many years? 
38 years, which means time don't heal nothing. Because if you lie to yourself for 38 years and tell yourself I'm stuck and tell yourself I can't move and tell yourself I can't progress and tell yourself I can't go and tell yourself that I'm not able to. If you stay in that place, then you're always going to be stuck in that place. Are y'all still here? So he said to him, do you? Here's my only assignment today with today's message. I took all that time to get to this one question. Stay with me, please. Somebody say, do you want to be made well? Notice what Jesus didn't ask him. He didn't ask him if you want to be healed. Why didn't he say, do you want to be healed? He said, because you've been sitting in time and the wound is over, but the wound's still in you. Your issue now is dealing with your mentality about the brutality that you had to go through. And I need you to hear me. I feel like preaching now. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You are not trash. You are treasure. You are not just a mess. You are about to have a message. You are not just going through tests. You're about to have a testimony. I need you to know you sit next to somebody that God's about to do something amazing for and amazing through. And your next 12, come on, left 15, will be your best 12. Point to somebody, tell them, saying your next 12 will be your best 12. He asked him, he said to him, do you, let me have my three back, come earlier. He said to him, he said to him, do you, want to be made well. Alright? So check this out. So he's lying there for 38 years. How many years? Time doesn't heal anything. Time does not heal anything. Time does not heal anything. Time does not heal anything. But what you do in time can heal everything. Time does not heal anything. But what you're about to do with your time, you're about to take the bricks that they threw out you, and you're about to... <laughs> time doesn't heal anything, but you're about to take those wounds, and they're about to become your wings. Your greatest change is about to come because of your greatest pain. Your greatest victory is about to come because of your deepest valley. Your greatest help is coming because of your greatest hurt. I need you to worship God for 10 seconds. Go, 10. Nine, come on. Eight, come on it up. Fifteen, seven, six, five, four, three, two. Somebody said, I choose to heal. So look, so look, he had been in that condition for a long time. How many years? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Why does the Bible take the time to name thirty-eight? Because if it had lasted for two more years, it would have become a wilderness. And this will not turn into that for you. This will not turn into that for you. Say, this will not turn into that for me. That one more again. Say, this will not turn into that for me. Trust me. He's asking me, he says, do you? Where Jesus at? Come on, Jesus. All right. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Now, check this out. Who's there when he's saying this to him? This time, here y'all. 
Y'all be one of them people on the on the y'all gotta get down to. See at the nine fifteen they was walking. But at this eleven fifteen, I need you to see something. Cause Jesus has walked past some of your bloodline. <laughs> He's walked past some of your friends. He's walked past some of the folk you used to run with. And he said, I'm not even fooling with them right now because I already know they don't want this. But you've been sitting up under a word that keeps telling you, and your next 12. And your next 12. And your next 12. So I need you not to worry about nobody else's healing this time. I need you to get yours this time. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm getting mine this time. He walks past some, ooh, that's a place to, he may have walked past them, but somebody said, he's stopping at me. Look, he walks past other people. Wow. Wow. He walks past other people. And he says to him, there's, how many people did the Bible say? Multitudes. How many porches? Five. He goes to one porch and finds one man out of multitudes. And he looks at this man. And he says, look, I don't, know, I don't even want to hear your name. Don't say your name. Don't say your name. He says, I just need to know. Are you ready to stop lying to yourself? I just need to know, are you finally about to put a period on that? I just want to know if you ain't going to hold no more grudges against them. I just want to know if you're getting ready to let that go. Do you want to be made well? And here's what the man says to him. The man says, the man says, well, sir, that means he knows protocol. He knows honor. He knows how it's supposed to flow. Because Jesus is a rabbi, he would have dressed like one, so he knew Jesus because of Jesus' uniform. So he knew he was a man of God. But for my deep southern people, he knew he was a man of God. So when he sees him, he says, sir, I have nobody to put me in the pool. And when I'm trying to get into the water, come here, you two, come on. When I'm trying to get into the water, you be the angel. And then you're going to be the one. Here, you go over there. You go over there. You go. Tyler Perry Productions on this spot. <laughs> right, watch me. So this is the man with the issue. Y'all see him? So the angel has stirred the water. And then he says, and when the water gets stirred, somebody else. Now, now here's the deal. Had this been me, I love women and I love protecting God's women. But let me tell you something. In this moment, I would have said, sister. Now, you didn't see me here for a little bit. Look, now look, I'd much rather if you just move voluntarily. Hold on, let me make it a dude so I can make it real. Can I, let me, can, you come, can I get a man? Let me have a man. Oh, here you come. You, 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 you up here. You come on, let's go. Now we can make it realistic. Because I ain't got no problem hitting the dude. Listen, I'm just joking. So, so, so angels stirring the water. You trying to get up there. And I'm going to come down your road. You ready? 
because for years Jesus has came to heal you and you kept making other people's healing more important than yours. My son first, my daughter first, my cousin. But this is the year? This is the year? Who am I talking to? This is the year for you to get... Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm getting mine. I... You've been waiting in the name of being a good daddy, being a good mama, being a good leader. But this is the year God says, I skipped everybody else and I came to see about... Yeah! Yeah! He says, I skipped them on purpose. I'm skipping them on, this ain't about nobody else right now. This is for you. He says, I have nobody to put me in the pool. When I'm trying to get in the pool, somebody is straight out of church. Keeps getting in my way. Notice what Jesus doesn't do this time. He doesn't stir the water. He says, I don't need the water. Because I'm having a conversation with you. But watch me. The group is in the conversation. Somebody say, it was group therapy. Because <laughs> they're hearing me talk to you. So while I'm talking to you, they're hearing me talk to you. And while they're watching me talk to you, they're going to hear what they're going to be able to do too. Your future needs you healed, but your circle needs you healed too. Because you're about to, I feel like preaching. You're about to be their permission to heal. You're about to be their permission to live. And your next 12 will be your... Wow. Watch me. Watch me. So look, so I'm talking to you, but all these people hear me. And Jesus says, Jesus, he listens to his excuses. He's like, okay, look. He says, listen. He says, I'm going to teach you this on Wednesday. Do not miss church on Wednesday. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. I, I, watch me. He says, rise. Take up your bed. Give me something for the bed. Okay. There you go. It's a Denver bed. Because you're out camping. <laughs> some shorts and flip-flops on at the campsite. Listen. He says, rise, take up your bed. Now, wait a minute. If this man's been living here for 38 years, what, what do you mean take up my bed? Oh, no, no. Leave all that other stuff. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Leave all that. Leave all that. Because I don't need you being reminded. He says, rise, Take up your bed and walk. Stop. If the man was able to walk, that means he could always. He could have always walked. He just needed somebody to tell him that the lie he'd been telling himself. Come on, y'all. We going home, and I need us to go all the way up. Let's stir this water. Say, I'm about to walk into my future. Put a praise on that right there. Come on, somebody say, and my next 12 will be my best 12. Say, I can walk the whole time. 
I just needed permission to walk. Walk, walk, walk. Somebody say, I'm walking. Say it again, I'm walking. Point to somebody, tell them, say, you walking. Say, we walking. Wow, it ain't as hard as you thought it was. It's not gonna be as difficult as you thought it was. I just need for those of us that are ready to rise up and walk to just take you a prophetic step. Yeah, I'm walking in the healing, walking in the victory, walking into my calling, walking into my assignment, walking into what God has ordained. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment and has been condemned. Somebody holler, I'm walking, I'm walking. Wow, today, wow, wow, that's good to me, that's real good to me, that's real good to me, that ought to be real good to you too, 1115, that ought to be real good to you too, 1115, somebody say, I can do it the whole time. talk to me so I could do it the whole time the whole time the whole time I'm walking please listen to me this is this month for you it's the seventh day let's go this is this month for you God says I'm walking past everybody else and I'm coming to you this ain't about your wife this is about you this ain't about your kids, this is about you. This is not about what you lead, this is about you. This is not about what you're over, this is about you. Can I just get you to lift your hands with them? Can you just worship for just a second? Because you're so busy always caring about, worrying about everybody else. Trying to play Big Mama Joe on Soul Food, keeping everybody else together. While your leg getting cut, Big Mama Joe. No, 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 no. This month is for you. This month is for you. <laughs> this month is for you. It ain't selfish, it's just self-care. Come on here. It ain't selfish, it's just self-healing. It ain't selfish, it's just I gotta be better because my future needs me that way. My next needs me that way. Holler, cry, snot, all of it at one time. I don't know whether to, I don't know what to do. But that's good to me. You need to become a Christian. Today's your day. You need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Today's your day. If you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God. Today's your day. You can't heal and not know the healer. That's like going to a doctor out of your network for insurance. <laughs> they ain't going to see you right away. <laughs> I. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, on the count of three, in the building, raise your hand online, do the hand with emoji, and say, it's me. One, you're not watching this by accident. Two, God's coming to get you. One, two, three. If that's you, hand up in the building, do the hand with emoji if you're online. And just more say, it's me. Come on. I got digital ambassadors on every digital campus waiting for you. Wow, wow, wow. Say, I choose to heal. 
Say, I choose to heal. Wow. That's good to me. He walked right past them to get to you. He skipped four porches to get to you. He skipped multitudes of people to get to you. Because your future needs you better. It don't need you crying all the time. It doesn't need you weak. It doesn't need you in less than what God has ordained. The world needs you strong. Wow. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and this confession, this is my first time praying this. I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. You love me, and I receive that love. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get you to take your phone out, text decision to 55498? Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision, and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.